This episode contains minor spoilers for Shrek Forever After from 2010, Puss in Boots from 2011, and Puss in Boots The Last Wish from 2022. Welcome back to Overthinking Movies. I'm your overthinking host, Brandon Hain, and DreamWorks Pictures, after more than a decade, suddenly released a sequel to Puss in Boots from 2011, which I watched for the first time yesterday. After sitting through Shrek the Third in 2007 as a high school freshman and feeling pretty bored and underwhelmed by it, my interest in the franchise immediately plummeted. And from what I gather, that film was the breaking point for many of you as well. After this, of course, DreamWorks Pictures would go on to produce Kung Fu Panda and How to Train Your Dragon, which would take Shrek's place easily and spawn their own franchises, leaving their breakout series to be regulated to holiday TV specials and the Puss in Boots Netflix show. So, naturally, the posters for Puss in Boots The Last Wish didn't spark a single emotion or thought in my mind besides a vague acknowledgement that it existed. That is, until rave reviews started sprouting from everywhere, from critics to YouTube, to the point where even my friends were asking me when I was off just so I could see what the fuss was about. While it has become very easy to grow cynical in an era where forced reactionary videos to movies and games is how people get clicks and views and money, there was something intriguing about Puss in Boots, of all things, getting the attention. But, due to my obsessive need for completion, I watched Shrek Forever After and the first Puss in Boots to prepare myself. Shrek 4 was... okay. It's basically It's a Wonderful Life. Shrek is growing bored and frustrated with the repetition and hyperactive energy of his married life with Fiona and his children, missing the isolation and fear he commanded at the beginning of Shrek 1. So, instead of using his communication skills to convey his dilemma to the loving woman he chose to support and spend the rest of his days with, he instead suppresses it until he takes his anger out on her and everyone else. Which is, you know, dramatically more effective, but also way, way more contrived. His fight with Fiona is overheard by one Rumblestilskin, the master of magic contracts with monkey paw-like catches. He has a long-held grudge against Fiona because her parents once almost signed a contract with him to take away Fiona's ogre curse. Until, of course, Shrek came to rescue her. Stillskin ends up signing a contract with Shrek here, saying he will give Shrek a break, just give him a day where he can be just an ogre without any worries, in exchange for losing a day of his past. Rumble cleverly uses this to take away the day Shrek was born, hence the wonderful life setup. Shrek gets his ogre day, but no one remembers him and Rumble Stillskin rules the world with an iron contract grip. Shrek Forever After uses this setup to play around with this evil alternate version of Shrek's world in ways that range from fun and clever to middling, but mostly the latter. However, Rumble Stillskin, I will say, carried this movie for me. He's well-written as a character that is both intelligent and clever while also being pathetic and immature. And Walt Dorn's voice acting sells all of it. It's just a shame the character was used for a movie that was passable. Shrek 4 ends pretty much where it began, but now Shrek is less grumpy, putting a cap on the series with a credit sequence that recaps all four movies. Then, one year later in 2011, a spinoff comes out, Puss in Boots. 
I found it to be a notch above Shrek 4. Puss in Boots is alright. It very much feels like a spinoff of a meatier franchise, but it's but it's way less tired and forced. That said, what do I mean when I say it feels like a spinoff? Well, we learn all this new origin backstory for Puss in Boots that wasn't mentioned before. We are introduced to his new group of friends that were never mentioned before with no mention of Shrek or Donkey. And the story centers around Puss having a redemption arc to make up for this new past that we didn't know about before. That past is about Humpty Dumpty, played by Zach Galifianakis, who was Puss's childhood friend at an orphanage, who who despite being a genius inventor, never expanded his friendship circle outside Puss, due to the constant bullying from everyone else at the orphanage that never made him feel like he belonged. This leads him down a path of crime, which he attempts to rope Puss into, sabotaging the relationship with their hometown and eventually severing their friendship. The real meat of this movie takes place years later, but still before the Shrek movies, where Humpty returns to offer Puss a job, promising he has learned from his past. The movie uses Humpty's vague motivations as the hook, making you wonder if this is all him just setting Puss up once again, or if he is trying for real change. It's not a strong hook, but it's executed well. And at the end, I was surprised how emotionally affected I was by how it turns out. Even if the rest of the movie is only mildly engaging. But despite this being a decent stab at a new franchise that grossed over $555 million, it would be 11 years before the sequel to Puss in Boots suddenly dropped out of nowhere. In that time, Puss in Boots would primarily exist in a Netflix show that ran for four seasons and received good reviews. I only learned that Puss in Boots even had a Netflix show while researching this movie. So, like many, I was caught off guard by the enthusiastically positive press surrounding Puss in Boots' The Last Wish. And, after coming out of the theater, that praise is very warranted. Puss in Boots' The Last Wish is a movie exploding with energy, creativity, and as you may expect from a decade-old franchise, a touch of maturity. The Last Wish is an excellent film, not just the best movie in the Shrek franchise since Shrek 2, but the finest animated movie I've seen since probably Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And okay, I know that sounds like a lot of praise. I'm not saying it's as good as Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I'm just saying it's the best I've seen since. And even then, I, I understand that that praise might sound ridiculous for a Puss in Boots movie, but I stand by it. The Last Wish is not only incredibly well animated and brimming with style, it has a strong story with two very memorable villains and a message that very well could resonate more with adults than kids. It's a movie about death, specifically the fear of death and what that fear does to us, and also about legacies and when to end one or if it can go on forever. It feels so deeply relevant after the death and paranoia we watched happen around us at the start of this decade. And, well, on a personal level, as someone that went through cancer treatment at the height of the pandemic and within the past two years has started having panic attacks, the film tugged on my soul. And of course, it's all intentional. The filmmakers know it's a story that will click with us because they went through it too. They have been grappling with the same fears. And despite how deep and real I'm making this corporate Universal Pictures movie sound, this movie is also very much a comedy, a dark comedy because of the subject matter, and it also excels at this too. 
Because Puss shares such a relatable fear, the fear of death, it, it makes the moments of both humor and drama hit harder, hit funnier, when the villains show how little they care for the sanctity of life. <laughs> Simply put, you should watch Puss in Boots The Last Wish. It doesn't matter if you haven't seen the first one or if you've never even seen a Shrek movie. Despite little references to the first Puss in Boots, the movie perfectly stands on its own and has broad appeal, which usually is a bad thing, but in this case, it's a good thing. Especially for those of us who could use a little therapy. Thank you for listening to this episode. I'm sorry if that seems a little abrupt, but I really would just rather have people see this movie than me trying to explain the story and possibly ruining it. If you enjoyed this episode, or if you didn't, be sure to send me feedback to overthinkingmoviespodcast at gmail.com, as well as any recommendations for movies I could review. You'll find more episodes of Overthinking Movies on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much any app you can find podcasts on. You can also find us on goldhitswkva.com, star967.com, and wchx1055.com. Truthfully, it makes me wonder if we're having a Shrek 5 coming up next, which seems a little ridiculous at this point, especially considering Shrek Forever After was meant to be a closer for the whole franchise, but if it's the same people that worked on Puss in Boots The Last Wish, it could be something really cool, so I guess we'll have to see. That's a wrap.